There's no doubt, and it's pretty much accepted that anyone involved in the performing arts, say an actor or a singer or a dancer for example, they're likely to also express themselves either through visual arts or by satisfying a similar craving by collecting. And in this first of a number of special editions of the podcast for the year, we catch up with Angela Cartwright, who, while she may be best remembered for playing young Brigitte von Trapp in the 1965 film version of The Sound of Music, or as Penny Robinson for three seasons on the original Lost in Space TV series, she is also the most prolific artist. And she's been turning out art for almost as long as she's been acting, which she started at the age of three, playing Paul Newman's daughter in the film Someone Up There Likes Me. I'm Tim Stackpole, and this is Inside the Gallery. And what a great pleasure it is to welcome Angela Cartwright to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Happy to be with you today and talking to you there in Australia. Now, looking through the history of your art, it is so diverse, so many different forms of art. Do you remember a time when you first created something with your hands and thought, hey, you know what, this is really good and I'm really feeling good about it? Well, you know, I always loved art as a child and um, I was doing the Danny Thomas show and every Friday would be art day if I'd gotten all my work done. And I always looked forward to that and I always loved painting and clay or whatever we were doing. Uh, um, You know, I was on the set, but the teacher did set up things that I could do art wise. Then I kind of gave it up a little bit when I got a bit older and I got into photography when I was 15, mm-hmm. and that kind of took over. And I just realized how happy I was whenever I was creating anything. I also have a, uh, my own thoughts that it doesn't have to be, you know, mixed media or photography or something like that. You can make art with food or with flowers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, art's all around us. We just have to use it. And in terms of the extensive nature of of the diversity of media that you use in your art, was it just experimentation or was there a level of boredom? Is that why you moved from one media to another? No, I just was experimenting. Um, you know, I, I always appreciate going to museums and stuff and they inspire me to try different mediums. There are certainly mediums I feel I am better at than at others. Mm. And I loved the hand painting of photographs. But I wasn't too crazy about just doing oil paint on campuses. But that's what it is on on the photography. It is a very transparent oil paint. But on campus, I really enjoyed, you know, using acrylics. And I think one thing just led to another. Just the experimenting is such a big part of art. And we can't be afraid to make mistakes. Mm. Some things you may like or I may like may be different from what other people mm. like. I did a, a showing at a place called the Sconso Gardens, which is beautiful botanical gardens here in Los Angeles. And they were always only oil paints. But I went to them and I asked them if they would let me have a, you know, a time to do an exhibit of hand-painted photography of pictures I had taken in the gardens, which I go and walk as much as I can. And they were a little hesitant, but they decided to go ahead. Well, it was a huge success. But I can remember, you know, I think a lot of artists are so worried about whether people are going to like their work. And Mm -hmm. 
I remember it was a huge leap, but I just decided to do it and try it. And I remember two people looking at my artwork. They were an older couple. And one person said, you know, it's photography. And the other person said, yeah, but it's kind of art. I'm drawing and, and also acrylic. And the other person said, I don't like it. Do you <laughs> and I remember thinking, you know what? You're not going to please everybody in the world. You have no. to make the art that you feel and you want to express. It's, it's like the inside coming out. Can you describe this hand-painted photography you're talking about? What's the process there? Well, um, it's um, using museum quality paper to print your photography. So mm. the paper that you use has to have a bit of tooth to it. And then you use uh, transparent paints. You can mix your own. You can put a filler in with the oils to get a thinness. But the picture kind of shows through. And wow. a lot of people, you know, can do it digitally now. But I used to do it all by hand. So it was my my fingers creating those clouds or creating mm. that artwork. And you can see a lot of that if you want to see more about it on my website, acartwrightstudio.com. That's my art website. How did you develop that? Did you see other artists creating that sort of art or were you inspired somehow internally to undertake this type of hand-painted photography? Well, I, I the first thing I can remember being inspired by was a picture by Willie Nuttick. And it was an old vintage photograph of a pathway and trees. And he had taken this photograph and done the artwork on, on top of it with these, you know, transparent oils. And mm -hmm. I remember being so kind of mystified by it. It looked so kind of magical, like something you found in an old trunk or something that would come to life. And so that was my first inspiration. But then some vintage pictures that I came across of my parents where they hand-painted the lips or the eyes, yeah. but the rest of the photograph was left with the photography. And it just always kind of mystified me, and it was just a technique I really wanted to learn. When you began turning out a prolific amount of art, was that when you thought, well, now I can step away from acting? You have the confidence to say, well, I can survive without having a full-time acting career. Well, there is a reason they call it a starving artist. <laughs> I mean, it helps today to have, you know, the kind of social mediums that people can look at your artwork. And a lot of artists aren't business savvy yes. to kind of create that. You know, they're, they're wonderful artists, but unfortunately, I mean, galleries are hard to find these days mm. um you know it's hard for them to stay alive so now they have galleries online but i think that it was it was a decision that i made where i kind of retired from show business at that time i call it you know, the kind of semi-retired because i still do uh -huh. do some stuff because i had, i had children i wanted to be home with them I also had started when I was three years old on the Danny Tommy yeah. show. And so yeah. I had been working really my life. I kind of did my life backwards, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but I am not a person to sit around and do nothing, you know, and eat bonbons. I am a doer. <laughs> and so I, I would do this art. I would do photography. I 
did all sorts of stuff, but I was there to pick my kids up from school because I really yeah. wanted to be a part of their life. Yes, and, and basically be, not that being an actor is an abnormal human being, but become a, a normal human being. Yeah, not that actors aren't normal, but a lot of them aren't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is a different world. I mean, it is a, it's very, it's not as glamorous as it appears to mm -hmm. be. It's a, a lot of hard work. And if you are a serious actor, you have to be ready to travel, to work. I mean, and and I just was at a point in my life where I just didn't want to do traveling and being away from my family for a long period of time. So that was part of the decision. But I also really wanted to experiment with art and get into it yeah. deeper. And speaking of that acting world, moving away from that, it's a very solitary thing, a very mental thing, actually creating art. And yet, through your acting history, you're pretty much known for playing in ensemble casts with Sound of Music and Lost in Space and, of course, much earlier with Danny Thomas. But leaving that and then working on your own in art, working without direction, was that a relief or was it frightening? I don't remember ever being frightened, but it is a very solitary thing. It is, you know, there's a saying about writers. You just cut open a vein and that's yeah. what writing is. I kind of yeah. feel art is the same way. I work through a lot of things that come up in my life in my art. And I always know when there's some kind of blockage there where I need to be inspired so that I can let mm. it out and spill it out on the page. I find it very healing and I, my art friends that I have, we try to do art, get together and just make art and then we just can talk and exchange ideas. It's a very healing process if you let yourself get involved in it. It's very difficult yeah. though, you know, if you're working, you've got a family, you know, to make time. I think journaling is probably the easiest way to do art in your life every day if you've got a job and, and kids. And is that in terms of like sketching in a book or do you mean like diarizing your world? You know, however you want to do it, whether it's, you know, just drawing a picture or drawing the things around you or taking your photographs and printing them out on the computer or on these little sticker printer things. However, it's easiest for you to get it out on the page. I think it's very yeah. healthy mentally. Yeah, you're taking a very practical approach to it. Um, but I, I just wonder if there are times when you can recognize in your art where you see those milestones in your life, where there are perhaps relationships which came and went or when you had the children or when they moved out of home. Do you see those turning points in your art or is it still a very practical thing for you? Um, I think the turning point in my art was when my son my daughter, I have a son and daughter, and my daughter was going into high, was in high school. My son was starting high school. And it was at that point I realized, you know what, they're, they're driving. They're by themselves. They're on their own. Who am I? Mm. What is my purpose? Mm. And I think that finding out what my purpose was at that point, and that was, boy, that was, you know, they're 36 now. So my son mm. was like 14. Um it was that was the turning point for me when I really realized that I could find out who I was by delving into my artwork. So you think finally your art started to mature at that point? Yeah, I do. I think wow. it took a, a huge leap at that point. 
And, you know, I see those different leaps. Like, you know, when my, my mom passed away, you yeah. know, how I could get that out. Because it, it's very painful process to have someone, you know, people that you love pass away. And there's no, mm. like, they were older. My dad just passed away last year. But when young younger people pass away, how do you get through that? It's so painful. Um, oh, yes. You know, you can certainly go and talk to someone or your friends or a, a hired professional. But for me, it's always been working it out just through art. And, you know, it may not be the prettiest art at that time either. I know when um, I wrote a book, a fairy tale book with uh, Bill Moomy, who was on yes. Lost in Space with me. And we, we had this concept. It was a fairy tale. We started it at 20 years ago. We finished the wow. book. But it never really kind of got published, and we revisited it again. And uh, it's it's a really interesting, diverse story in kind of a fairy tale background. But it really is about finding purpose and good and evil in the world. Well, both Bill and I, you know, we're both um, we've been friends for years. I wanted to include my art and somehow create these characters which I knew so well and I just was stuck I just couldn't get going on it and I I took a class with an artist it was up in a Tuscadero and I just it just opened the floodgates and I was just able to pour it all on the paper Bill wrote I think it's 20 songs for the book a score of the book and we put that all together and it just kind of completed it, the whole kind of process. And it just, I don't know, it's just interesting how it, it weaves its way through your life. Absolutely. 20 years in the making, that's in- astonishing. Yeah. It's, um, I, what did I do? I did 23 pictures. It was just there and I couldn't get it out. It just, yeah. I didn't even know where to start. You know, you look at a blank piece of paper, you've got to put something up there and just layer it, just, you know, layer after layer. But Something about this class just opened those floodgates. So going and taking classes, even if you feel like you already know that process, I think sure. really, really, you always gather something. And have you found that's the way to remove any blocks that you've had throughout your history with art? I do find it very, very helpful. Or going mm. to a museum, that's probably the, the best way, yeah, just to go and take a class in something. You can even take them online now. Yeah. Um, oftentimes you'll take something away with you. I think sometimes uh, getting out into life, sometimes the artists are too inward looking and feel if they're suffering a block, then they go even more inward and they remove themselves more from society because they're feeling so bad about themselves. And you really have to push them out into the world, whether it is taking a lesson, whether it is going to a museum or just taking the dog for a walk. That's sometimes all you need for the inspiration. Or go to a, a garden center and buy some flowers. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's just interesting. I agree. I think artists do have a tendency to just burrow deeper and deeper. Mm. And oftentimes that's just not the way to tap into what is, is something that you want to put out there and say. Let me just digress a little and take a worldview. Your family is originally from the UK and you came to the US via Canada. Now, I'm not sure that this would have had a direct effect on your art as you were so young at the time, but knowing that history, is that reflected in your outlook, do you think? Well, I do love the Union Jack, I must say. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes I will put that 
up on the canvas and then just paint over it. Wow. Um, okay. As as one of the layers, just because it's a a visual image that I like. Sometimes I've left it too, but parts of it uh, will peek through. Yeah, I think being British, I have always felt that I do have a big part of me that is British. And when I go back to Britain, I always feel like very comfortable there. You know, I, mm. I kind of believe in things like where you are born is so in your id that it does register a lot on the things that you enjoy. Like, I love rain. It doesn't rain as much as I wish it did here in L.A., but it has been lately, and it's it's so comfortable to slip into my rain boots and walk around outside. I love mm. that weather. So, yeah, I feel very kind of British. My, my mother always dreamed of coming to America and living by the sea. My dad was in the war. They got engaged by mail. Oh. Um, it is a lovely story. And then, um, you know, because they had been through the war in, in Britain, I think that's why my mom wanted to come to America. So we did go through Canada and waited out our time there and then came down through California. And my mother loved California. She loved the weather. She never mm. really liked cold weather. And so we have been here all our lives and I became a citizen probably 10 years ago. So I'm dual citizenship, which is is nice. I didn't have to give wow. up my British citizenship to become an American. So yeah, I, I feel kind of worldly in a way. I do love different cultures and different parts of the world, but there's certainly places I feel more comfortable. And is that impression reflected in your art? Is it possible to avoid, actually? I think it is. If, if you're authentic in your art and you just do what you feel comfortable putting on the, the canvas. Sometimes maybe what you're not comfortable with, you should put on the canvas. But that's who you are authentically. Instead of, I, I try not to be too judgmental about my stuff. I feel it's out there for a reason. Sometimes mm -hmm. I don't even know why it is the way that it is or why it looks how it does. And I know I'm not going to please everybody in the world. And that's okay because this is what I needed to do at that time. Yeah, it's incredibly diverse, your output. Is there a type of your own art that you prefer? Is there something that you love the most? Right now, I'm like really into watercolor. I just love the way that it moves on a piece of paper. And I'm experimenting doing that with my photography and using watercolors with my photographs. So I would say that that's where I am right now. But, you know, who knows next week I could be in this else. I want a mosaic, um, something that I, I found. It's a bust that you put clothes on and I want a mosaic that. So, you know, that'll be my next project. Looking at some of the methods you use, there's mention on your art website of transparent art. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, transparent art is uh, to do with transparencies. Photographic transparencies. Exactly. And, you know, it, it is more an analog way of, of doing pictures because now we have everything digital. Mm -hmm. It's uh, maybe taking old transparencies that you have or you found and using them in your art because they're very thin. So they can make another layer. You can change the mood of it by colors that you put behind it and the way that you embed it, you know, into your, your art. So I, I saw some which were like the transparency and then you'd framed it in a way. Like some of these hang, I guess most of them hang because you need the light to come through the back. Yeah. Well, I have a thing about light, which is probably 
one of the things I love about photography, and also I am always about lighting. Anybody can look good in good light. <laughs> it's like, okay, do you have lighting though? Um, because you can look really awful, even if you're young and your your face mm. is perfect. Mm. You can look awful in bad lighting. So mm. yep. I'm very much into shadows, the reflection of things, and transparencies do when the light comes through them you see the artwork so they're really yeah. kind of cool to put in a window to make like a frame without a back on it so that you yes can, you can put your transparencies within your artwork i actually found it quite unique perhaps some of the most unique pieces i saw actually on your website and thinking about that are you happy with the level of recognition that you get for your art or when people see your art does it remain the art created by the performer angela cartwright um, you know, I don't really know. I, I would like people to know about my art. When somebody hangs my art in their home, it's the, the highest compliment because yeah. they live with it. And that makes me feel amazing. You know, artists, it, it is a struggle. It always is. Um, that's why I make littler pieces of art as well as my, my bigger pieces. Because I want everybody to be able to enjoy it. And, you know, sometimes the price tag is so expensive on some of these people's artwork. You can just kind of look at it and go appreciate what it is. But you could never afford to have it in your home. Sure. But I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I just do it. But are you happy <laughs> with the recognition you get as an artist? As opposed to the recognition you get from being the performer? Well, I, I'm, I'm not even sure that I have that much recognition as an artist. Uh -huh. um, should you, though? I, I don't know if it's a should thing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you know what? I have a lot of pieces I've exhibited and I've sold. I have some pieces I've come across lately because I'm on this big clean out where oh. I want to, for a long time, I was holding on and a lot of it had to do with my parents. You know, and now my parents have passed away. And so I'm on a big clean out to go through everything. And I have many pieces of my artwork. Maybe it hung in an exhibit or it was an experiment or whatever. And I'm going to be posting those on my website and sell them up there for people. If they're, if they're interested, I would love people to go and look at them and see if they're moved in any way by them. You know, sometimes I cut up pictures and then I put them back together again as mosaics. One thing about my art website that I do want to say, a lot of artists, they're like, oh no, I've, I'm over that. I've done that and I'm getting rid of it. But I feel I learned so much by looking back on where I was and mm. where I've come to. So mm. I kind of leave up a lot. You're saying there's a lot up there. One thing, I do my own website, so I'm able to do that. But also, I, I learn a lot from the mistakes that I made or like I'm like, oh, I don't really like that that much anymore. But that's where I was at that point. So it's, it's always a big learning curve, I think. Angela, thank you so much for your time. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. You know, I have been to Australia before and I had a lovely time there. But I would love to come back again someday and be inspired. Well, we look forward to when that happens, Angela. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye-bye.
That's Angela Cartwright there on our first special edition of Inside the Gallery. Angela did mention that book that she put together with Bill Moomy, her co-star from Lost in Space. It's called On Purpose and you can take a look at it if you go to her website, acartwrightstudio.com. Click on the publications link and you'll see the book there. Another one there which we didn't get the chance to talk about is called Styling the Stars. It is an absolutely gorgeous book. Angela pretty much curated the content in that book. And it's filled with pictures called continuity photos. And they're the pictures that the film studios used to take of the actors in the golden years of Hollywood to make sure that their costumes matched from shot to shot and scene to scene. And it's filled with terrific photographs of those actors not actually performing, not in publicity shots, but at work. And it really gives you a different perspective on what was going on in the studios at the time. It really is a beautiful book. And just taking a look at the front cover, there's a shot there of Marilyn Monroe. It is just beautiful. So thanks to Angela for that. And of course, we will be looking forward to speaking with more special guests about their art or their collections throughout the year. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'm Tim Stackpool, and I hope to catch you on the next edition. Bye-bye for now.